going on guys 360 digital closing bell here i am your humble humble correspondent michael tanner joined as always for our week ahead podcast by the executive producer show the purveyor of the show and the director and publisher of the world's greatest website oil and gas 360.com Stuart Turley. Stu, how you doing i'm doing fantastic it's gonna be a very fun week it's going to be a wild week. We're coming to you from an undisclosed location here in Denver, Colorado, here on this gorgeous July 20th. You're listening to this. It's July 20th or beyond. We are actually recording this. I'm um, about 5, 6, actually 6.30 Mountain Standard Time here for uh, um, before that. So markets are open. Oil currently trading about uh, 40, 70. So we'll keep you updated with that throughout the show here. But uh yeah, we, got, I mean, we have a great show for you guys lined up. I mean, really, quarter two earnings are going to start in earnest tomorrow or today if you're listening to this. So um, I think actually Halliburton um, will come out today. So we're going to do a little Q, uh, Q2 earnings review slash predictions. Uh, we're going to check in with the levels, as always, um, for crude oil, see what see what the price action looks like. We'll look at the commitment to traders. Um, I, I'm sorry the 360 fund is still suspended. I know we said we have some stuff to you, but we had a lot of good stuff going on this week. I built some dashboards. Um, we're rolling out some really cool stuff, so we're gonna. The fund is still in suspension, but I'm beginning to think about it. But guys, this show is brought to us by Adam T Energy, who are really becoming game changers for what's called social risk in the energy sector. And, and you might be asking yourself, well, what is that? It's not just community opposition to all of your development projects. It's everything from the success of the divest from fossil fuels movement to all of this investor engagement that's going around in your specific ESG programs to uh, to individual states. We just ran, you know, Boulder County's threatening, you know, you can't drill in Boulder because some bureaucrats won't let you. You know, all of these individual, you know, counties and states setting these ambitious goals and, you know, decarbonization agendas that have absolutely kill you it really sometimes it seems like social risk is everywhere and it's multiplying like zombies and that's why your company needs a strategic partner like adam and teen andy to help you system river all the shareholder institutional uh pressure on your peer companies aspirational regulatory changes driving energy policy perception of where you are anti-gas climate and so much more guys i'd highly check them out www.energythinks.com the ceo uh, Tisha Schuler not only is she just a tremendous person, is also the post of why the best oil and gas thought leadership podcast is out there. It's called the Energy Thinks Podcast. She has some heavy hitters. Not to admit, next week you can hear me on the podcast, so I'm slightly biased. Um, she's interviewed great people. Paula Glover, CEO of the uh, American Association um, of Blacks in Energy. We've heard from people from the Natural Gas Institute. You've heard from Gold- Michelle DeLaVigva, who runs the ESG for Goldman Sachs. You, that's a $300 billion fund that this guy runs. It was an awesome deal to see him bring him. I highly check that out wherever you get your podcast. You should also subscribe to this podcast, the Energy three or the 360 Digital Closing Bill, iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, the best place for all of your energy finance markets. So guys, we come to you live 2 o'clock Mountain Standard Time every day on YouTube covering the energy market. 10 minutes you get to hear what happened top stories you get to hear uh energy equities you get to hear the banks uh rankings all their trading revenue guys we bring you the top stories we appreciate everybody who's in you can also view that show every day on the world's greatest website oil and gas or via the closing bell which you should sign up for which is probably the best email you should be getting in your inbox gives you all the top stories and all the pricing on top of the 360 digital closing bell you should also follow Oil and Gas 360 on all of the social platforms, YouTube, uh, Twitter, all of them. We're, we're tweeting away. We're tweeting like a storm. Connect with me and Stu on LinkedIn. You should also check out Intercom's Energy 360 podcast, which is the best place for overall financial oil and gas thought leadership. Me and Stu, 
Stu runs that podcast. Who do you got coming up this week? Well, this week we have a wonderful interview with Heidi and Terry and you and I. Uh, from Heidi, Heidi McCullough, who, if you're uh, familiar with that podcast, uh, Stu had the, I mean, Stu had the opportunity to interview a couple weeks ago, a uh, Canadian oil and gas advocates, which is far and few between, I guess, our, our, our friends up north. Great conversation. It was pro it was, I, I'm not sure if it'll be the most viewed, but it was the funnest I've had. No doubt. Yes, it was 100%. Great. They are wonderful people. Wonderful. Wonderful. We love our neighbors. Oh, we, and, we love it. So it's a great interview. What, what do you got coming up Tuesday? Uh, we've got uh, Brad from Inveris. He is the director for uh, the Inveris product that's an add-on for all of the spacing in Oklahoma. Phenomenal database information. He's been working on this uh, um, for 30 years. Well, Oklahoma is notoriously horrible data. Trust me. I have... Yeah, everyone's got their side projects they're working. I have a, I have, trust me, I have dealt multiple times with the Oklahoma oil and gas database. Brutal. So anything that helps with that is going to be awesome. I haven't even seen that interview, so I'm excited to cut this up and sort of glean some insights. And uh, they're going to be uh, presenting at the uh, oil and gas investors conference. So very cool. There you go. Now you sign up, check that out, theoilandgasconference.com. You're not going to want to miss that sign up August 17th through the 19th. And you have something coming out Wednesday. It's a packed week for your podcast. Um, yes. Uh, we also have uh, crackers. <laughs> uh, TGS. Yes, TGS. Uh, it was an outstanding uh, one we had. And uh, it was really good because uh, – they are the world's largest data warehouse for seismic material and yeah. unbelievable interview. Uh, it was a blast. Yeah, I mean, these guys really are just on the, I don't want to say cut, cutting edge, but they are on the cutting edge. I guess what I'm going to say, they, what they specialize in is, is, it's it's diff it, it's not data, but it's the acquisition and total total view angle of the data. They're not necessarily building now. They have products, but that's not necessary. It's just a fascinating interview, guys. Check out TGS if you're trying to do anything with data. Call them up first. And uh, 3D and 4D. One of the things that was really the cool seismic stuff. That's really where their niche is. Is the seismic stuff, which is nobody else is in their ballpark when it comes to seismic. And one of the cool things is we were talking and uh, they have a new data set up in Prudhoe Bay on the North Slope. That new uh, slope, yeah, yeah, yeah. that new data set uh, is coming back mm -hmm. to life. My granddad was one of the ones that founded uh, the North Slope uh, for Sinclair. And uh, I've got a history. He was one of the first geologists that said there's oil there. So Really? I like Alaska. You know, gotta love, gotta love us some Alaska. Well, that's awesome. Um, oh, excuse me, that's awesome. So no, no, no. It was fascinating interview, guys. Highly check that out. Energy three sixty podcast. Wherever you get your podcast, iTunes, Spotify, and you can check it out on the world's greatest website, oilandgas three sixty dot com. I, I mean, as we get into this week, it's uh, the the biggest biggest story is is quarter two earnings are rolling out. We we've been joking for two weeks. We're about to be busy, 
and we are now about officially to be busy because as we look at the quarter two earnings calendar, Hal Burton's going to release tomorrow 9 a.m. So we're going to know whether or not they're going to be down and you know yeah they're 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 going to have lost some money. Baker Hughes is going to come out two or excuse me going to come out Wednesday. Um, Schlumberger will be Friday. So we're going to have Oilfield Service kind of the three big players um, this week, and then uh, we're going to see a lot of the gas players roll out. Shale, a lot of the Shale oil companies are going to be a little farther down um, when we get a couple weeks from now. You know Liberty Oilfield Services another. Service service company they'll be july 29th so roll out in a week from now um you can view this uh oil and gas calendar um up on the oil and gas 360 news disc we'll get this nice pdf download for you so you can take a look coming up so uh, we just thought i thought it was helpful you know if for me what i always like to do before earning season is okay let's look back and take a look at what happened in the previous earning season what was some of the stories that people thought were going to be coming forward to quarter two and what actually do we think are going to go um going to roll out because um, I think it's a, it, it's important. I think because you know history tends to repeat itself, and it's sometimes very interesting to see what these people what they think about and sort of how that drives stuff. And you know, just you know, for reference, quarter two is going to run Wednesday, April first, twenty twenty, to Tuesday, June thirtieth, twenty twenty. So I mean, it sort of makes sense. There's twelve months in a year. A quarter comprises of three months. So I'm not trying to say anything too fancy, but it was a Wednesday through a Tuesday, and what we're catching in. I mean, the biggest thing I, I got to start with is what the price of oil is. And that's really, I think, the biggest quarter. So I, I'm going to link this chart to my uh, here in, in the show notes. So go ahead. If you're listening to this on iTunes, just go ahead. You can click the link and pull up my chart. And I just do up a comparison of here's quarter one prices to quarter two. And you know, by first glance, it's the easiest thing to tell in the world, Stu. Quarter two prices were extremely low because guess what happened? For the first time, we saw negative pricing that came into effect. We all know that happened to the end of April due to some of that crude oil cushing uh, stock. But I mean, really, when we saw you know the quarter started at twenty bucks, went up to twenty eight, dove all the way down to negative seven billion rose back up, and then slowly sort of chunked its way back up. I mean, we saw price action from. You know, really, price action from end of April, beginning of you know, beginning of May onward has been fairly bullish. We started, you know, to make a coronavirus joke, started to flatten the curve a little bit. We've been sort of sort of peter out and kind of hit that ceiling at forty dollars, um, but we've continued to see price action up, and so that that's good. The problem is you're you're seeing more than three, you know, more than fifty, you know, about seventy five percent of the quarter oil prices were at or below $35, which means one thing, oil revenues, which are the big driver for a lot of these companies, are going to be down, specifically on the E&P side. Now, on the service company side, it's it's going to get even worse, because companies are not only, you know, Halpern's not drilling, you know, no, no one's drilling any wells. We have uh, Patterson UTIs uh, comes out, uh, who's an onshore drilling company, they, can, they come out on Wednesday, it ain't going to be good. Either quarter one wasn't good, quarter two ain't going to be much better because no one's renewing drilling contracts. Maybe people are renewing drilling contracts right now. They're going to take into effect starting in quarter three, which is already 19 days into effect. So, but not quarter two. No one was reading up drilling plans in quarter two. Offshore drilling, mm, you might see, you, 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 you may not see it as much, but yeah, precision drilling, Wednesday, June 20th, or, they're, or July 23rd, so that's a Wednesday. They're dropping at 2 p.m. It ain't going to be pretty. So, Halliburton, it's still not going to be good. You know, I when you look at, you know, they're expected to lose $5 billion. That's the consensus down 34% uh, from a year ago, which was, I mean, it's what's a couple billion between friends? So, so I mean, yes, recently, as, as you know, for people who follow the closing bill on sort of a day-to-day basis, the, the, the price action has been, has been 
up, we flattened a little bit, we're around 40 bucks, but that's not what the majority of the month was. So oil revenues are going to be down. CapEx clearly was being slashed in quarter one. And, and this is something that's interesting. You know, when we look back at quarter one, what were some of the top three themes? And there's a lot of different ways you can figure out what the themes were. You can go, you, you, you know, you, you, there, there, there's so many different ways you can figure out what's the theme of quarter two. You can just look at the top stories. You can go, you know, the articles. I think there's some interesting, I love to go look and get a consensus of what were the analysts thinking? What was their top themes? Because what, what, the, what an analyst who writes a research report that gets produced at Goldman Sachs, what their energy equity strategist thinks, that's going to move market. That's going to move the institutional money that's really going to turn these companies around. Biggest themes? Financial questions, Stu. They were most concerned with the production, or excuse me, with the financial um, outlook of all of these companies. Over 90% of the questions, Stu, were tailored to their financial outlook, and specifically the credit ratings. I've sat in on, oh, my fair share of earnings calls. No one talks credit ratings. This is the first time I heard I heard questions on credit ratings, which is crazy to think about. Wow. Uh, that's like some of the cities that are going bankrupt. And yeah, I know what you might be thinking. Well, you're telling me no one asks about the credit rating. And there's, well, you, you got to remember, guys, these these equities research channels, they're, they're homeboys with these companies. They are homeboys. It's a, yeah, it's 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 it's, it's a tap dance that these guys play. They want access. You know, who's going to give them access if they're writing negative reporting? Now, I mean, there's a way to do truthful negative reporting, but it's a tap dance these guys do. I mean, think about sports reporting. Why do you think LeBron James only talks to one sports reporter? Well, I don't know. He gives them good coverage. It's the same thing happens everywhere. So, um, yeah, you're going to get a lot more uh, favorable coverage. But when I'm seeing you know, over you know, eighty percent of the questions being tailored toward the financial strength of the company and talking about credit ratings. That's a sign that these that these analysts have turned and that these reports are. And, and I'm seeing them. I'm getting these reports. That they're turning south. The second was they were strategic questions, which is interesting. Usually it goes production, or usually it goes operational, financial, strategic. We see financial, strategic operational that happens right now which is very interesting to kind of talk to you about where these guys minds are. they don't really care about what you're doing with production cuts what you're doing with drilling rates it's financial and which is interesting because i think a lot of you know if you would have asked me what's the biggest theme of quarter two i just said production cuts not according to what these analysts really care about when we, so that's very interesting specifically when we're looking at what earnings are going to do to the energy equities and that's the difference yes i think in the oil patch the stories have been a little different i think bankruptcies have been the biggest story haynes and boone just came out with a report last week 24 companies in quarter two um in quarter two to uh declare bankruptcy 24 that's a huge number yes and in our interview with andrew from uh Inveris, uh he had said Q1, and I got to go look at my notes in that one, but he said uh, in Q4, it was normal quarter, uh, let's say just $4 billion in mergers and acquisition. Mm-hmm. And Q1 was less than a billion, way less than a billion. Unbelievable small amount of M&A, meaning a lot of people can't offload their assets because there's no buyers. So in Q2, they were not able to fix their financials by offloading assets. Yeah, and it's 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 going to be interesting because as we get as 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 the kind of the clear theme from quarter one wrap up when you look at what the outlook from quarter one to quarter two is, it's going to be worse. And and and, and I think the, the the phrase is prep for disaster. I mean, we. 
as we rolled out in this quarter, we saw Shell coming out and saying they expect to write off between 15 and 22 billion. I mean, truly, what is a couple billion between friends, Stu? I mean, that's that's an eight. That's a. I'm not a mathematician here, but that's a seven billion dollar range that they could that they could write off. Unbelievable. So you say the number one thing you're seeing for coming up into Q, this whole Q2 is rate downs. Is that what you're saying? I'm just saying I, I think that the, the mood is prep for disaster. I don't think anybody's going to have anything positive coming out of this. Like I said, Shell's down 15 bills. Already they've announced they're going to do it. Exxon's come out and said they're going to write down $2 billion. Rystad came out with an energy report that said the entire quarter two write-downs will total around $300 billion, which is the yeah. most that's ever happened. So, yeah, I mean, I think yeah I think write-downs are the key, but I just think it's going to be disaster in a whole. I mean, I, yeah, Halliburton's expected to announce five point. 4 billion in uh, consensus revenue which is down 34% from year to go and down 20% from last quarter. Schlumberger's expected to write down 42% down 3.3 uh, billion. So I mean it's it, the numbers don't look good for estimates because when you just factor in what that time frame was, oil price was way worse during that, you know, you know, during that time frame. Having any kind of royalties or any kind of asset sales is a savior for some of these folks, and it didn't happen. No, man, it did. No, it really, it really, really didn't happen. So, uh, as far as you know, a prediction, you know, is what the, you know, I think. I, if if I gave one prediction, it's not going to be terribly spicy, um, but I do think some of these pure gas players, specifically Goodrich, Intero, Cabot, Range. I mean, we give the list. You know who these gas players are. I don't necessarily think that the numbers are going to be very good. I, I, you know, natural gas is trading me at a dollar sixty nine right now. Like the, the numbers aren't good per se, right. but I think the outlook coming out of it is going to be very well, and I think you're going to see those stocks rise. I think investors are going to be, especially with uh, Warren Buffett and Berkshire Hathaway coming in and entering that midstream slash gas space. I think you're going to see the sentiment from some of these uh, earnings calls around these pure gas players to be positive. I think you're going to see stocks rise. So, you know, if if if, if you're gonna if you're gonna do an options day, if you're gonna do some earnings day options, I'm probably long Goodrich and Tarot Cabot range. But you know, again, that's just you're you're. This is now you're talking predictions here. At some point, you'll never know the answer. Stu, you got any predictions um, for quarter two earnings? Um, I do, and I, I think you nailed it, absolutely nailed it, right on the nose with uh, what you just said as far as uh, it's going to be abysmal. Uh, I think the write-down, you're dead on right with the write-downs, but I think um, we saw, well, what was the report, 20, estimated 20 bankruptcies? Uh, Haynes and Boone, actually, you know, we got to give a shout-out. We love, we love our friends over at Haynes and Boone. Haynes. Um, 24 bankruptcies, quarter two. Woof! Uh, you're gonna see a lot more than that, and so. Well, that's just public. You don't I mean that. No, that's not a private number because private is. Yes. Different ish. Right. I'm gonna say right now, if it's a reset for the majors, and we're totally writing everything off, trying to salvage Q3 right now, we're not seeing a demand increase. Yeah. You're still 90% dead on on uh, airline travel. Uh, 10%. I've yep. uh, got yep. family facing layoffs in the air industry. Demand will not save the $40 price. 
I think it will be below the 30, uh, back into that 30 range. No, I agree. I, I, well, I mean, we'll get into what I think oil price is going to do here in a little bit. Um, but I think the natural gas in Q2, those players are going to do okay. Uh, but I only, but I only think it's because the sentiment is going to be well. I don't think we're going. To, you're going to see crazy revenue numbers or just crazy. Ca- you know, I don't think you're going to see anything crazy. I don't think. I don't think Intero's pulling profits necessarily this quarter. But I think they're going to be set up, which is exactly what these investors are looking for, and exactly what these analysts are looking for post. So I think I think you're going to see their stock do okay. That's what I'm telling. I'm not. Don't don't. I trust me. You don't need to pin me on the nose here for trying to tell me that you think. You know, you think Goodrich is, you know, you know, we love Goodrich, but I don't think they're necessarily going to have, the, the revenue's not going to increase next quarter. That's not a hot take. That's just, oh. But my question is, I think investors are going to be bullish on their outlook, and I think you're going to see their stock price rise, and I think it's a earnings day option. I'm long. I would agree, and I think the only real uh, goodness happening is the exports for LNG. Yep. Those contracts are coming due, and they are looking good for our LNG folks exporting. No, LNG is going to be good. So I, I think that covers quarter two, guys. It's not going to be pretty. We're going to be covering the, the, the obviously the fallout on a day-to-day basis, but we felt this best just to sort of prep you guys. I mean, that's what they say in hostage negotiation. You always... I'm delivering bad news, and then boom, you give the news. So we just—it's going to be bad. Boom, here's why. So let's talk about that. Anything else, Stu, about quarter two earnings? Uh, buckle up. Oh, it's going to be a long ride, and uh, I think it's time. Let's go ahead and just shift into oil trading. What we see for the oil patch this week, guys. As always, this sponsored or this sponsored. This segment is sponsored by Sandstone Capital Group. These guys do insanely good research. They provide all of the levels from their Energy Glimpse solution. Check them out, guys. SandstoneCG.com. Call them nine four nine five six one eighteen eighteen. Tell them the podcast sent you. They're great guys. They help you out regardless. But if you don't tell them the podcast sent you, we do not get credit. Yeah, things I'm watching for in the U.S. shale business this week, earnings, LOL. We just covered it. You know, obviously, oil field services, earnings are coming up. So I think that's going to be specifically this week what we're watching for. I don't service companies are going to get absolutely pounded. Um, you know, if, if, you know, we saw $5 billion, $5 billion um, uh, revenue, which is 30% down for Halliburton, 33 for Schlumberger, which is going to be absolutely terrible. It'll be interesting to see the difference between their international games, though. Um, as you know, Schlumberger might turn a profit internationally, but May is definitely not going to turn a profit on the U.S. So that's definitely something I'll be watching watching for on Wednesday, but really tomorrow we'll see what Halliburton rolls out. I think the other thing is obviously coronavirus is still something that we need to be concerned about. I think oil has actually held up fairly well considering some of the sentiment around the actual virus isn't going well, but I also think that the lockdown isn't imminent. I think people saw the first time that the lockdown probably didn't I don't know. I'm not. I'm. I, I, I'm not a doctor, but I, I'd be shocked if we actually go back to where we were, which was that little like a two week quarantine. Um, I don't think that's going to happen, even if they flip that. So I don't think you're going to see a huge dip in oil because of that, and that's why I think you're seeing oil sort of hold steady around that forty bucks. Uh, you know, to answer your question, Stu, you brought up what you think oil price is going to be going forward. Do you think we'll see 30 again? Do you, th- do you think we see an, an oil price that starts with the number 30? Yeah, we will be in the 30s. Uh, How soon? This is time. Put your stamp to it. Kreskin it for me. Uh, 35 next week. Oof, 35 next week. Oh, you were ter- five buck drop? 
you bet. Ooh, okay, off. Why? Part of it is going to be the information from uh, earnings. Uh, you're going to see OPEC uh, in that report I've been going through. Uh, there's some announcements coming out next week on from OPEC, and so you're going to see some of that coming around. Okay, okay, okay. Well, you you very well might. And uh, thirty five bucks. So you guys you guys heard it here first. We got it recorded, so we're going to have to, I may be wrong. The Kreskin may be wrong. Oh, that's all right. You know, so you brought this up right before we, we actually decided to record this, and that was, um, you know, we're going to have to start caring about politics again. Yep. And I know that's the last thing we really want to chat about is politics, but last week uh, Joe Biden released a climate plan that over $2 trillion in spending and really called for net carbon emissions by 2050. What a, what a great way. I, I, Stu, I, I pledge to be skinny by 2050. I pledge to cut. I pledge to have a six-pack by 2050, so I'm right along line with Joe Biden here. I have no problem. I will have no problem. I will succeed that. Um, the former vice president came out with a plan, $2 trillion with plans to deploy those resources at an accelerated pace during the first term. In a statement, Trump's re-election campaign said the Biden's proposal would destroy jobs, and the former vice president is also drastically underreporting the cost of such a plan. But to do that, there's an irrevert. But the plan would achieve to mean carbon-free power by 2035, but also upgrade four million buildings and weatherize two million homes over four years to increase energy efficiency. And the proposal, according to a Biden campaign official, would seek to shift major cities toward public transportation and create million of good union jobs, rebuilding America's crumbling infrastructure which i can be down with the infrastructure stuff Stu. i have no problem putting america back to work fixing our roads bridges that's something i am willing to get taxed for and pay for but the rest of this stuff all i have to say woof woof indeed oh that's a double woof man give me another woof that's horrible um woof woof yeah the the one thing about uh, that plan is right when he was announcing it, he said the world's going to end in nine years. So if we're going to wait for nine years, uh, we're in 2020. I won't have abs yet because it's by 2050. I won't have abs yet. The world will never see my abs. Uh, if I can't remember anything, I can remember math, and that's 2029. But yet by, I mean, so the, the financial numbers are not adding up. Yeah. The other thing is... Um, all in the COVID uh, responsibility or the COVID funding that everybody says they're trying to inject money into the economy is being tied to um, uh, 100% uh, renewables, big yep. projects. I would rather see it go to, um, you know, the uh, infrastructure rather than. Oh, yeah, exactly. And I. Let's let we, 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 we've we've we have beat renewables in the head enough on this podcast. We don't need to do it. You guys know where we stand. I I, I I'm skeptical. We're skeptical of a, of a lot of this difference. Uh, I'm skeptical of a lot of this stuff, especially you know I, Biden's plan for the energy industry. That just sounds fun. That just sounds like an oxymoron in and of itself. Stu, you've got one story in the international news desk. Yes. Yeah, What's it? Uh, well. Um, when we were sitting here just a second ago, um, so, uh, sustainability, and you, you sit back and take a look at um, 
ESG is again being tied to all of the finance. Doesn't matter uh, what you're trying to finance in the international market right now, ESG. And it's getting, yeah. it is getting to the point where, um, but tying this back to COVID release, finance, and ESG, uh, it is going to get nutty uh, out there. And I have the article out there on the news desk. Yeah, I mean, nuclear is going to be huge. Uh, it's, 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 if, if you hadn't had a chance to listen to our Alex Epstein interview, I'd highly recommend go checking out because he, he's not only an advocate for an education around the energy business as a whole, but also he's a big advocate for nuclear and, you know, there's a, a nuclear power generation, which is, a, which is different Then we are this close to the next generation of, uh, nuclear reactors. And yep. I really believe that that will you you can't put a battery on a plane you're still gonna need that all of the all of them yeah i i barely want to get on a plane now i will not get on a plane with a couple 12 volt batteries in it Woof. i got a you know double a battery here man we're going down we got a double a battery you gotta switch out oh we're using d's this time oh okay uh no but Anyway, you take a look at nuclear, we're on the edge, and there is now a global race to try to match nuclear to help backfill wind and solar. Yep. And, you know, wind doesn't work up in the Northeast. Uh, wind works in the plains, you know. So you're backfilling. They're trying to save their bahancas by backfilling with nuclear. No, it'll be interesting to see where nuclear goes. I think it's something to follow. Move on. We look at the levels here for oil. I mean, it's it, it, it looks good. I mean, you know, I'm gonna move the floor up 39.09. So last week our floor was 38.18. Whoop! Out, get out of there. 39.09. New floor. Touch twice. Then we had a really nice rebound late here in the week. I think uh, 39.41 is probably your next level down if you're looking to get long. That's a great spot. Uh, 4017, 4048, 4072, 4081. There's your point of control for the week. So that's a whoo, 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 whoo. That's a good number to see right there. Um, ceilings probably around 4130, 4135. Um, but will be very interesting. You can check out all the levels via the news desk. I'll be sending and we'll be updating this tomorrow morning with the new embed code. Crude, uh, commitment to traders, very interesting as it rolls out this week. Uh, managed money got, uh, you know, managed money dropped long contracts, about 15,000, or about uh, 1,500, excuse me. Uh, dropped a couple short positions, though. So, very interesting. A uh, lot of shorts added on the long side for uh, uh, swaps, or for uh, on the short side for swaps, though. So, that's uh, indicative of uh, people are diving in doing some hedging right there. So, there's a lot of activity. You know, our, our friends over at Aegis Energy are busy, busy, busy. I bet you they represent a lot of that getting flowed around right there. Um, you know, I, I don't see anything terribly interesting. You know, I, I think uh, managed money is sort of is sort of staying long right now. When oil is staying long on oil, I think they don't necessarily think it's going to drop below thirty nine bucks. I think they're, I think they're bullish on oil, which will be interesting as what that sentiment looks like as as these earnings begin to roll out and we and we watch. So as we know, we're a couple of days behind with the traders uh, or what those big institutions are doing, but we will look at that. 
guys, I, I mean, our 360 fund is still offended or, or is, is still suspended, but the lawyers still make us say this so we don't get sued. This segment was always intended for entertainment purposes only. Everybody on the show, I mean, Michael Tanner and Stu Stewart truly invest for our own account. Do not manage any outside money. Do not give investment money. Do not offer any securities. Have any involved in the regular side of the industry. Investing is risky and you can and will lose your entire principal. I was just lazy this weekend, Stu. We had other stuff to do. We were supposed to roll out a new portfolio. It didn't happen. I apologize. We just take the blame. I'm taking it up front. Um, we both are. We've been working our car- carcasses off, uh, or as we say uh, in the South or Texas, carcass. It's 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 going to be great. Um, as I look up at the clock here, guys, we're just a little over 30, 30 minutes here, so I think it's a perfect time get get you out of here. Let you guys get back to work. It's going to be a crazy week, guys. Please check us out on the live show every day at 2 o'clock to stay updated on everything with the energy finances. But, guys, we're going to let you get back to work. Thank you for checking out 360 Digital Closing Bell. We will see you guys this afternoon for the digital ticket.